0: All right, I want to just uh, share with you today the third in this series, The Road to the Resurrection. And what Steve Harvey was talking about, what we've been singing about, is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his soon return. I want to read uh, Romans 3, 24 and 25, and then you can be seated. I'm going to talk to you today about seven drops of blood. The seven drops of blood, the seven times that Jesus bled. And so let's look at this now. The Bible says we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now pay close attention to this next verse. God presented Him, that is Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. Faith in His blood. Isn't that an interesting statement? By faith in blood. Well, we're going to look at what we're supposed to put our faith in today when it comes to the blood of the lamb. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for that powerful testimony from Steve Harvey and thank you Laura for how you're moving all over the world preparing the bride of Christ for your return. And Lord, we pray that today you will speak to us about the precious blood of Jesus shed for us that we would be well taught and we would understand what you purchased for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's going to be good. God bless you. Now, isn't that an interesting statement that we're to have faith in his blood? Faith in his blood. What is it about the blood of Jesus that we're to have faith in? Now, when I talk to you about the blood of Christ, when you hear about the blood of Jesus, you no doubt think about the cross, and that's all you think about. You think about where He spilled His blood on the cross for our sins. But actually, when you look at the Bible, Jesus shed His blood seven different times. If you look at every time Jesus bled, it comes to seven. And we're going to look at all seven of those and what Jesus purchased for us because we've been blessed by the blood of Jesus. Every time Jesus bled, and keep this in mind, every time Jesus bled, He bled for something that was lost in the fall of Adam. And when he bled, what was lost in the fall of Adam was regained and restored to us. Keep that in mind. Every time his blood was shed, something was brought back to us, restored to us. We were blessed with it. Something that was stolen in the garden was restored. Now, the last few weeks, we've seen that on the road to the resurrection, Jesus spoke to the city of Jerusalem about their hour of visitation. And he wept because they had missed their hour of visitation. Then we saw that he peered into the future. Last week, Jesus' crystal ball. He peered into the future, and he predicted many of the things that would befall mankind in the days before his return. And I'm going to tell you, it's happening By the minute. Now today we're going to look at the seven times that Jesus shed His blood. Are you all ready? And say with me, I'm about to be blessed. Because if anybody knows what He did for us, it ought to be us. Amen? Now first of all, Jesus bled in the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen to the Bible. Being in anguish, He prayed more earnestly as He was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And His sweat was like great drops of blood falling to the ground now let me give you the context of that garden in the garden jesus experienced incredible trepidation about going to the cross he knew this was going to be gory painful and for a brief moment he would be separated for the first time in eternity past the first time ever from god the father as he took our sins upon himself and said my god my god why have you forsaken me He prayed this prayer, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And then he said, yet not my will, but yours be done. What was happening in that garden? Well, think for a moment. In the original garden, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve chose sin. They chose to disobey God. And when they disobeyed God, the whole human race was taken down with them. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all together turned aside. We've all left God, all walked away from Him. We've all broken the commandments, and if you break even one, you've broken them all. We're all guilty before God. Every member of the human race stands guilty by action and guilty by inheritance from Adam. And so in the Garden of Eden, the original garden their wills were compromised by the serpent's temptation. They lost the battle of the will. And so what did Jesus do in the second garden, the garden of Gethsemane? The second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, shows the will of God over his own will. He said, Father, if you can take this away from me, do it. Yet not my will but thine be done. And when Jesus did that, he won the battle that Adam lost And in the battle of wills, Jesus succeeded where where Adam failed and he shed his blood in the presence of this battle of wills. And when he did this, he purchased for us the power and the ability to say yes to God and no to the devil, yes to God's will and no to our own. So guess what? You don't have to throw your life away. You don't have to ruin your life by sin. But you can say yes to God and you can make a decision of the will to follow him and you can win the battle of the wills and you can always go back and say to the devil and say to your own will, he purchased for me the power and the grace and the ability to say yes to him and no to myself. And then Jesus bled secondly at the whipping post. After trying to release Jesus, Pilate gave in to the crowd and it says in the Bible, quote, he had Jesus whipped and then handed him over for crucifixion. Jesus was flogged with a leather whip that had pieces of bone and metal embedded in the nine thongs. It was called the cat of nine tails. One commentator says by the time it was over with, the Romans had obliterated most of Jesus' flesh. He suffered from massive gouges. Tears and lacerations all over his body. His body would have resembled a mass of unrecognizable flesh, organs, and exposed out of joint, joint bones. He was unrecognizable physically. Isaiah predicted it would be so. said, so we cannot recognize him. He was so torn and ripped by this. Why this whipping? Why the torture? Because Isaiah the prophet had written, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by every one of those lashes, by his stripes, we are healed. The word stripes comes from a Hebrew word meaning cut into the flesh. Every time that whip went across his back, and it went across his back 39 times According to the law of the Old Testament, you could not beat a man more than 39 times. He took every one, and every time that whip went across his back, we were healed. Every lash healed you. Every lash made you whole. Every lash brought healing onto your life. Thank God that with his stripes we are healed. That's why I thank God for Jesus Christ. I thank God for the Son of the living God who could have called on legions of angels and they would have whisked Him out of that place. But He said, I have come to die and I have come to give my back to the smiter's whip that you might have your life healed. Thank God Jesus bled at the whipping post. The third place Jesus bled was from His hands. The Bible says they have pierced my hands and my feet. The hands in Scripture represent provision and work or labor. The Bible talks about the fruit of your hands. Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, talking about what you do in life as your job. With our hands we sow and we reap. And God's provision, said wise King Solomon, is from the hand of God. Jesus took nails into his hands. What did that mean? Jesus, bleeding from the hands, broke the curse of futile, meaningless labor, put on Adam in the garden, and this matters. God told Adam when he had fallen into sin, God said to Adam, thorns and thistles are what you're going to reap. It's what the ground is going to produce for you. He cursed the work of his hands. And so what did Jesus do? The second Adam, his hands were pierced and he bled in the place of the curse. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you today, it was no accident. Not one time Jesus bled was accidental. It all had a meaning, all had a purpose, and it all had an impact on you and me. Instead, now that Jesus bled in the hands, God's provision is released to us. And we no longer labor under the curse of futility, getting up, going to work, coming home, same old, same old. No, now that Jesus came, Jesus redeemed the whole concept of work. So the Bible says, let all that you do be done to the glory of God. Let me tell you what you do every day. You get up and you go to work. You're not going to labor. You're in Emmanuel labor. You're not in manual labor. You're in Emmanuel labor. Because Jesus redeemed work. He gave a whole new dimension, a whole new concept, a depth and a height and a width to it. If you're a believer, when you get up in the morning, you can say, Lord, today I am doing this to the glory of God. And Jesus redeems your work and He redeems provision. Thank God that because of the blood provision, the hand, provision, the provision of God is released upon you and me. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and who provides. He cannot deny you for to deny you is to deny himself and he cannot deny himself. He's going to get it to you. He's going to get you what you need. He's going to get you a job. He's going to get you the finances. He's going to get you what you need because his hands bled. His hands bled. And He redeemed the curse. Now Jesus bled again. And i tell you, all the times that Jesus gave His life and all the times that Jesus bled are so meaningful today. He not only bled from His hands, but He bled from His feet. Jesus bled from His feet. He said, they have pierced my hands and my feet. He took the nails through the bones in His feet. The feet in Scripture represent dominion and victory over an enemy. In the Old Testament when a general would win a battle he would place his foot on the enemy's head as a sign of victory. We've got to understand that when the devil instigated that crowd to crucify Jesus he was instigating his own undoing because when they crucified an innocent man he was not guilty by inheritance because He did not have an earthly father. His father was God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So he did not inherit Adam's sin. And when they crucified him... They crucified an innocent man. And when the devil instigated that crowd to nail his hands and nail his feet, the minute the hands were nailed, work was redeemed and provision was redeemed. And the minute they nailed his feet, it gave us victory over the enemy of our soul. Because on the cross, Jesus put his foot on the devil's neck and said, You are defeated. You are defeated. Please understand with me, in the Garden of Eden, man lost his victory and was subdued by Satan. If you're not a believer today, I've got news for you from the Bible. You are in sin and your ruler is Satan. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, that's pretty strong. Let me quote to you Ephesians 2, verse 2. You used to live in sin, Paul says to those who are saved. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. So what kind of life are you living before you're saved? You are living in sin and you are obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. That's why you need to be set free. Haven't you ever asked yourself, sir, Haven't you asked yourself, ma'am, those of you listening by radio, haven't you ever looked at your life, if you don't know Christ, and said, why am I doing these things? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What has a hold of me? Why am I drinking? Why am I in drugs? Why am I enslaved to the things I'm enslaved to? I've got news for you. Your root problem is spiritual. Jesus, on the cross, defeated an invisible foe. He put his foot on his neck and he declared victory over the greatest enemy we will ever have, the one who hates our guts because God loves us. His name is the devil, Satan, split hoof, whatever you want to call him. And he hates your guts and he'll destroy your life unless you come to Christ. And when you come to Christ, he puts his foot on the devil's neck in your life. You're not ever going to get out of some of what you're in unless somebody bigger than you and greater than you comes into your life and sets you free. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And he whom the Son frees is free indeed. That's why I want you to go out and bring people to church next Sunday. There are people right now who you know who are enslaved to the devil. Bring them to a place where the Lord Jesus can put his foot on the neck of their enemy and set them free. You can give the Lord a hand of praise right there because that's good stuff. When Jesus bled from his feet, our victory over the enemy was restored. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to do what? Trample. That's a foot thing. Trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so he said, I give you authority to put your foot to trample. On the enemy in your life. You can put your foot on addiction. You can put your foot on cigarettes. You can put your foot on alcohol. You can put your foot on lust. You can put your foot on fear. You can put your foot on doubt. I think I'm about to preach a little bit here today. I want you all to get this now. Where the blood was shed you say, well, I'm not used to this kind of message. Well, this is the kind of message you need to be hearing because the devil is enslaving people. But I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is also setting people free. And thank God for that. Now, the sixth place that Jesus bled was internally. Bruised, bruised for our iniquities. Bruising is internal bleeding. Bruising is when you bleed internally. The word iniquities means the bent. When you talk about iniquity, it means the bent or the inclination towards sin. It's the pull towards sin. That's what iniquity is. It's that pull downward. It's the pull towards sin. And then, of course, it can also talk about actually committing the sin. But iniquity is when you're drawn to something that is wrong. You're pulled towards it. That's iniquity. And anytime you yield to iniquity, inner woundings are always the result of sin. When you sin and I sin, there's always inner woundings, bruisings on the soul. Listen to what David prayed. He said, Lord, heal my inner self, for I have sinned against you. Heal my inner self. When you sin, when you break God's laws, when you go against God and go your own way, and you sin. Your inner person is wounded. You receive heartbreaks. You receive shame. You receive guilt. You receive uh, uh, woundings that nobody sees. See, if we could see what God sees and we could go out there and just walk around in any public place, we would see people walking around everywhere bleeding on the inside because that's bruises. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He bled inside so that we could be healed inside. And oh, that's an important healing. If you're not healed on the inside, you don't enjoy life. You don't enjoy relationships. You don't enjoy your marriage. You don't enjoy your singleness. You don't enjoy much of anything because everywhere you go, you go with you. And everywhere you wind up you're there to say hello and if you're bleeding if you're hurting on the inside you sinned you broke god's laws and there is an infliction on your soul now that's only normal david said i've sinned lord heal my inner self because i sinned against you that's what jesus came to heal he came to heal that broken heart of yours that bleeds 24 7 If only I could undo this broken heart, can somebody heal my broken heart? It's breaking. It's bleeding. It's hurting. I am in sorrow. I can't sleep. I can't eat good. I'm hurting. When Jesus was bruised, they hit him in the face. They struck him upside the head. That, That whip not only cut into him, but it bruised him. And what I want us to get today is we can appropriate that. And we can say, Lord, I'm hurting. I got shame. I'm hurting in my inner self. I receive what you did for me. I appropriate the bruising because you were bruised for my bent towards sin and what sin does to me. And so I receive healing. You know what? You can wake up with a skip in your step. And a gleam in your eye and a smile on your face. And you can say, Hello, world, instead of, Oh my Lord, is that the alarm already? You can have joy again and laugh again. Can I please tell you that's why he was bruised so that you can have that load lifted off of you and you can rejoice in life again? Come on, everybody. Jesus bled for us seven times. The seventh time he bled from his side. John records one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear when he was hanging on the cross and immediately blood and water came out. Well, what is the significance of the side? The side represents relationship. It says that God took a rib from Adam's side and made Eve. She was created to be at his side. The side represents relationship. We're walking with somebody side by side. Or we say to somebody, I'm with you, I'm on your side. Jesus bled from his side, representing our relationship with God being restored. But now in Christ Jesus, listen to what the Bible says, Ephesians 2.15. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near. How? By the blood of Christ. So that soldier was thinking, well, I'm just going to bring an end to this and I'm going to stab him with a spear. He did not know that when he put that spear into his side, that blood was spilled so that I could be restored in relationship to God. Isn't that something? And see, once you get it fixed this way, vertically, then He also begins to heal the relationships horizontally in your life because the blood was spilled so that we could enjoy the relationships God intended for us to. See, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, they went into the blame game. She did it. The devil did it. He did it. You shouldn't have given her to me. That's what Adam said. It was the first blame game and nothing has ever changed. You marriage counsel and here's what you're going to hear. She did it, he did it, they did it, the kids did it, I didn't do it. And they had separation immediately. But when he bled from his side, our relationship to God was restored. That's why it said in the beginning verse, we're to have faith in his blood. These are the seven drops of blood, the seven places from which Jesus bled. The number seven in Scripture is the number for perfection. And rightly so, for Jesus' sacrifice was perfect in restoring all that was lost. Listen to them again. Our wills, sickness and disease, authority over the enemy, provision, victory over Satan, inner healing, restored relationship with God. Seven drops of blood. Maybe you have received the blood to get you into heaven, but what about the blood to heal you on the inside? What about the blood to set you free from what has you in bondage? What about the blood he spilled to touch so many other areas of your life? I want us to understand what Jesus purchased for us. Can we stand together today? And I missed one, and let me tell it to you real quick. He bled from his head, the crown of thorns. Matthew records in his gospel, when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. A soldier found a small, flexible branch covered with long thorns and fashioned it into a crown, cruel thorns. He pressed it harsh and hard on Jesus' head creating punctures and lacerations in his scalp. What does the head represent? Authority. We all recognize the phrase, head of an organization, head of the house. Adam was the head of the human race and the head of creation. God told him, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. He gave him dominion over it all. Adam was made the head of the creation, but he forfeited that authority when He sinned. Now listen to what Jesus said as He was headed to the cross. Now the Prince of this world is about to be cast out. When Jesus bled from His head, He was bleeding from the place of lost authority. And this is why He said at the end, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth now you go in my name and in my name you've got authority in my name you cast out devils you heal the sick you raise the dead what was he telling us what adam lost as the head of the human race the second adam got it back when they pushed those thorns on his head and he bled father we thank you for your word today Thank you for what the blood did for us. Thank you for your blessing. And Lord, I pray that the blood would touch people right now, that people would reach up by faith and appropriate that blood. And Lord, we thank you for that right now. And with every head bowed, if you can say, Pastor Jeff, I don't know if I'm really... Walking with God or not, if I'm His child, I don't know that I've ever been born again. I'm not sure. That blood is here for you today. That blood was shed for you. And I want to encourage you today to reach up and say, Lord, I received the blood that was shed for me so that I can be a child of God. You may have walked with God, but now you've gotten away from Him, and you've gotten away from Him because the devil has gotten a foothold in your life. I tell you today, the blood was spilled so that you could put your foot on his neck and walk free. And if you're in either one of those categories today, I want to pray for you. If you used to walk with him and you've gotten away, why not come back on Palm Sunday? Or if you're not sure if you've ever been born again, why not settle the question today? Would you let me pray for you with every head bowed? If you can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in one of those two categories I want to see if you just raise your hand right now where you are. I need him today. I need him today. All over this place. I want you to do something. Listen carefully. Don't think about a person in this house. I want you to slip out from where you are and come down to this altar right now.